Hello, hockey fans. Welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I am Mark Warner along with Chris Letha out on Long Island. We've got a good show today. We're going to check in with Dan Harrigan again on the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, break down what they can expect from the Boston Bruins going in. We're going to take a look around the league at the other series going on, but first we're going to jump into uh, the Vegas Golden Knights game one victory against the San Jose Sharks. Chris, good day to you, sir. Good day to you, sir. That was, I think that was called uh, uh, around here. That would be called the Jersey Beaton uh, game one. That, that's, uh, that's, that's what it was, sir. Um, like we talked about last week, there was a lot more open ice than what the the Knights saw against the Kings. The Kings uh, pretty much, I don't want to say contained, because if it wasn't for Jonathan Quick, that it would have been a four-game sweep, but it would have been four, five to one instead of one nothing, three, two double overtime games. Um, but yeah, when the when the when the Knights came out, it looked like the layoff didn't bother them one bit. It looked like they got rested and healthy from some of the injuries that they had. Um, and it looked like San Jose might have still been on vacation for the first, uh, let's say, 50 minutes of the game. Four yeah, goals in it, the it, first Jose, period. Uh, go ahead. San Jose came out of that game. And the way they started, they, they kind of reminded me of the way I wake up in the morning at 530, getting ready for the regular gig. So, uh, uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see how they respond, San Jose, today. I mean, obviously, you you lose like that in the playoffs. It should be beyond a wake-up call for each and everybody. So, uh, And then there's the primetime game as well, Saturday night special. So uh, looking forward to, to watching that tonight. But uh, uh, And Noah Vander Kane, who uh, uh, earned his suspension, put it mildly. Um, but, yeah, um, yeah we'll, see. We'll, we'll see. It's a big game for the Sharks. Uh, Vegas has a real opportunity, you know. Uh, I, I, I know that the, I, I think you bring this up a lot, and, and it's very well important, and it's a, a, a big belief, uh, especially in the winter sports, that um, you know you're you're really uh, how does it go? You're really not in trouble until you lose a home game. But having yep. said that, I, I'm a big belief that you got to get a split. I mean, it, you know, to come home down 0-2 and basically you have to win four of the next five. Um, and he's, I, I, this, this is a big game for the Sharks uh, to, to, uh, on a lot of levels. Yeah, more, more so than just whether they're going to remain in the series or not. Um, if, if they get trounced in the series, there could be some wholesale changes coming um, to San Jose. One thing I will say about San Jose, and I've watched a lot of San Jose Sharks hockey, <coughs> over the years with being a Kings fan and whatever. Um, this is a team that appears to um, allow doubt to settle in. And as, as we saw, Vander Kane, frustration as well. They, I don't think this team, at least past incarnations, actually handle the uh, frustrations and doubt very well. Um uh, they're they're up three no and obviously they're up three nothing against the Kings a few years ago, and all it took was the Kings to win one game, and all of a sudden, um, it steamrolled, and we know what happened there. And I, I saw that doubt and that that frustrated look in them in the middle of the second period of game one. 
Um, and, and yeah, Evander Kane, if you saw his post-game comments, oh, obviously there was no intent there. I just came into the scrum and my stick slid up the guy's shoulder. I'm not a dirty player. There was no intent. Um, obviously the league felt a little bit differently. Um, obviously there's no intent. That's just, uh, nonsense actually. Um, so yeah, no Evander Kane, who we've said here on the show, uh, probably the best trade deadline pickup for what he was able to contribute during the regular season, uh, way more so than, than most of any other. I mean, look, Vegas's two, uh, trade deadline pickups haven't played in the playoffs yet. Reeves and Tatar have both been scratched in all five games. Uh, so that their impact and Kane's impact, obviously, um, two different ends of the spectrum. So, uh, probably a big loss for the, for the Sharks, but we've also questioned a lot of other things about Evander Kane and, and some of that character came to the fore at the end of game, game one there. Um, I will say this, Chris, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I was looking things up. So far in the playoffs this year, the Vegas Golden Knights have played 16.75 periods. If you recall, they had the double overtime game against the Kings that was just about three quarters complete when uh, Eric Hollis scored the game winner. And they have shut their opponents out for 13.75 of those periods. So they, they have given up goals in only three periods in five games. And we know about the speed and the offensive skill and the tilting of the ice that this Vegas Knights team can do. But I'd, I'd like to give a shout out too to Marc-Andre Fleury and the rest of the team playing that kind of team defense in front of Fleury. Um, he's seen all the shots they're keeping the front of the net clear. Um, and when he has to scramble, he's been, he's been good. Uh, he, no pun intended. He's been golden. Um, so just just that's an interesting stat from a team that that most people look at as an offensive speed skill oriented group who have embraced the team defense and Mark Andre Fleury who had a fantastic regular season has stepped up his play in the postseason even more and you know that's pretty that's a pretty telling stat of of this team's firing on all cylinders and San Jose better buckle the chin straps tonight or. I'm not going to say the series is over, but I did pick the Knights in six. And I want—I don't know if I said it on the air. I wanted to stay in five because I don't like picking a road team to win in game six. A lot of times, historically, that, that home team will win a game six if it gets that far and force the game seven. Uh, we saw that with uh, Columbus and Washington. Or no, Toronto and Boston, excuse me. Um, but it, it, it could like you said, tonight's a very important game for the San Jose Sharks. I'll leave it there. Yeah. And anyone who, you know, watched the Penguins last year saw that, you know, Mark Andre Flory is still an elite goalie. And quite frankly, there's no way the Penguins would have won the Stanley Cup last year. Uh, if it wasn't for Mark Andre Flory. and just go back to the tape of uh, game seven and round two against the Capitals. And uh, he just, I mean, the Capitals were the better team in that game, but, he refused to lose, and, and the performance he put on in that first period was beyond ridiculous. It should have been like 3 nothing Capitals, and I believe it was uh, no score after the first period. So, um, you know, key with more country Flurry is, is staying healthy, and as long as that happens, you know, the, the, the Knights are, you know, they, they're going to have uh, one of the top goalies in the league in that for them. Um, 
know, I think I, I've been high on the Sharks for a while. They picked the yep. Knights uh, to win the series in seven because I just feel like this magic carpet ride that's been going on this year uh, uh, for no other reason. But I think it's, you know, I thought this was going to be a long, close series. You know, I know uh, game one was beyond lopsided, but I have to I have to see that again. But like I said, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the Knights have uh, – They've defied logic this year, so uh, we'll, like I said, we'll see, and uh, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, what happens tonight? But uh, you yeah. about, on the other uh, side of the coin, that uh, is, that is just game one. It's only one game. You can win seven to nothing, or you can win one to nothing, and uh, you re- reshuffle yeah. the deck and roll it out in game two. And the one thing, I was, uh, another thing, I'll say about the Golden Knights this year, they they did not have. I'm I'm trying to remember. I don't think they had as much as a three-game losing streak all year. Um, This team is very good at whatever happens in this game, putting it behind them, and going into the next game with an equal focus. Now, the danger, of course, is you have a letdown after that kind of a performance in game one. Um, That's not a a big concern uh, because – they've they've shown all year what their character and their makeup is and and being able to put that i think maybe they had one three game losing streak um one or none either way they they don't uh they don't dwell on wins they don't dwell on losses they they park and ride very well and i i expect a completely focused team to come out early jump out to a quick start and san jose needs to do a better job weathering the storm tonight um let's move on though uh yeah, you mentioned the phrase before about um, yeah. about uh, with the sharks in terms of uh, I can make this segue uh, uh, you know, rolling the eyes and being able to handle things. Uh, um, it's been a long week, folks. But uh, you know we have to worry about the Capitals. I think uh, you know obviously the second round has not been kind to them in in the last number of years, even though they've been a top uh, team and they just cannot beat the Penguins and. You know, uh, you know, being up two nothing early, very early in the third period the other night, and then boom, 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 having the Penguins score three goals in less than five minutes, and then you know go on to win. Uh, that was just a, a real tough loss, and we'll be interested to see how they bounce back uh, uh, tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, I mean, and and I watched the game. It it just felt like Washington was in control. I mean, it was two yeah. nothing on the scoreboard, but there, towards the end of the second period, they started going uh, back and forth, um, playing a little shinny hockey, a uh, little pond hockey action, going back and forth, trading chances. But before that, it just felt like Washington was in control. And then, like you said, in, in, almost in the blink of an eye, um, they're shell shocked down three two, right? So. Yeah. That's where I, that's where I'm thinking. Okay, here we go again with the Capitals, and you got to wonder if that's going through their minds as well. Um, they've they've seen this Pittsburgh team two years in a row now, and just can't get past that hump as a as a franchise. We've gone through a couple times in the past, <clears throat> going back to you know really George McPhee's days as the general manager and the, and the different iterations of, of the squads and the players that have been put in place around Ovechkin. Um, 
just, I mean, fantastic regular season hockey club, but they're one of the show me, don't tell me teams. Um, and, and, you know, game one, they, they haven't been able to show me yet. So, um, we'll, we'll, the, the concern is, is, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but how, how, how much is this third straight deep run into the playoffs going to tax on the penguins? And is it, is it going to be a wall there at some point in the future? But right now I don't see it. I yeah. I haven't seen it, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just incredible, but, uh, and then real quick before Dan Harrison comes on, um, uh, I know that they ridiculously outshot Winnipeg last night, and they won every statistic you can think of, face-offs, time of possession, and, you know, Kyle Hollabuck uh, just stole one for Winnipeg. But uh, this has not been the, the same Nashville team in the playoffs for the Colorado series uh, onward. Um, I, I, there is, you, you know, I felt pretty strongly they were going to represent the West. Uh, in, in the Stanley for the Stanley Cup, and uh, there is definitely some doubt in my mind, and I, I think there's uh, there's no question to me that I think Winnipeg uh, uh, they're going to at bare minimum give them all they can handle like Colorado did, but a little bit more, and uh, they're very capable of winning the series. Yeah, my question with Winnipeg was always uh, Connor Hellbuck, what do we get uh, pre 2017? or 2017 regular season or playoff rookie. So um, they did win their first series in, in the new iteration of the Winnipeg Jets and came out last night, won, won the game on the scoreboard pretty handily. I, I think it was 3 nothing before Nashville had an answer. Um, Going to be interesting in game two if – I mean, if Nashville plays the same game, you kind of expect them to be able to to get at least a split out of the two home games, and right. then you're in a then you're in a dogfight the rest of the way. I don't think Nashville really has to change anything. Um, no. They just got to bury their chances, really. Yeah, Winnipeg is kind of in the mold of of Pittsburgh and Tampa. They mean they don't need a lot of chances, you know, to put a number of goals up. Um, you, know, you know, we saw that. So that we've seen that in the series between the, those other teams as well. You know, you could have a bad couple of minutes like the Capitals did the other night, and then all of a sudden, you know, you go from no goals to giving up no goals uh, to, to giving up three goals in a blink of an eye. And even uh, – I'm trying to pull it up right now. At the end of the first period there in, in game one, uh, going back to the Knights game, uh, the Knights had been outshot 17 to nine and they're winning for nothing. <laughs> so uh, let me include the Knights in, in that kind of uh and, and to be fair, a lot of those, a lot of those shots from San Jose came through. Uh, I don't want to say questionable calls, but let's say the, the refs might've been thinking it was February or March and not uh, late April. And the whistles were definitely out early in that game. So there was a lot of power play time going both ways. Um, so a lot of San Jose shots came. There was uh, there was five on three, both directions in the first period of that game. So, um, But, yeah, no, abs- absolutely Winnipeg is in, is in that vein as well. Nashville as well. I, I, I still think that's going to be a long series. I don't think the Preds are going to go out oh, yeah. quietly. Yeah. I, I, I think that's still going to be um, – 
I I I, I think on, that's going seven. On paper, on paper, all these series should go at least six. All four of these series, they should go at least six on paper. Well, let's find out about the Tampa Bay Lightning, Boston Bruins city city series as we welcome Dan Harrison back to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. Dan is a writer for the Lightning Insider and also a weekly guest on the Tampa Bay Lightning Radio Network's Power Play Show, uh, hosted with Greg Linelli. Dan, welcome back to the Vegas po- Hockey Podcast, sir. Thank you for taking some time right before puck drop to spend a few minutes with yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, we spoke last time, and I think there was uh, two out of three. Well, let's let's go back a little bit first. Not too much trouble with the New Jersey Devils. Um, we, we questioned, uh, whether Vasilevsky had had enough rest and, and, and to my mind, he looked fine in the series. Uh, certainly you're following that series more closely than I. So just right off the bat, what did you see out of Vasilevsky in, in, in that series against New Jersey? Cause for me, he looked pretty good. And I would, I would agree with that. You know, uh, I, I think a lot of credit has to go to, uh, the defenseman who played in front of him, you know, uh, uh, goalies will tell you all the time that their their night is predicated on what happens in front of them. And the the recent pairing of Ryan McDonough and Anton Strawman has proven to be that's their number two pairing, but it's their shutdown defensive pairing. And they did a number. They were out there every, it's seemingly every time Taylor Hall hit the ice. So that neutralizing Hall was obviously a big step towards towards ending that uh, New Jersey series quickly. Yeah, a, a couple of three-one uh, games to end it. So the obvious the the team defense in in front of Vasilevsky certainly certainly uh, stepped up their game early in you know the game game three notwithstanding. It's kind of a typical. Typical playoff scenario where the the home team gets the first two, and then you go back and and the game three, the the new home team, if you will, you know, has a little boost from the home home crowd and, and puts together their best effort of the series, and then game four becomes the pivotal game, and and Tampa took care of that as well. So towards the end of the season, there were a few games against Boston that didn't go Tampa's way, and we kind of thought that was going to be deciding the the home ice factor here, but you know, stick tap to the to cross state Florida Panthers for taking care of Boston on the last last uh, last game of the season, the makeup game there, and I, and I believe that you know tilted the home ice advantage in this series. Um, so how how do we see this this T- Tampa Boston series going? Well, you know, I think it's I think it's going to be well just on paper it's the number one and number two teams in terms of points uh, in the Eastern Conference. So some some might say this is the this would have been a great Eastern Conference final. I think it's going to it's gonna go long and it's going to be Boston's physicality versus the speed and finesse of Tampa Bay. And that's not to say that the Bruins don't have some speed on their on their own, and they've got a very good top line, but uh, whichever strength team strength ends up being the dominant factor, I, I think that's what's going to sway the series. 
Let me go ahead and bring in Chris. Chris is on the line with us today. Dan, Chris? Hey, Dan. Uh, glad to have you back. Uh, so, Thanks, Chris. Big key, as we talked about in the Devils series, or leading into the Devils series, um, you know, the Tampa Bay PK unit, uh, obviously the Bruin power play is a much superior unit than the Devil power play. Uh, how, I mean, how big of a key is, is is that? I mean, Tampa, I think, was third or fourth worst in the league uh, this past year, and the Bruins have one of the, I believe, one of the top five power plays, had one of the top power plays in the league the last couple of years. Uh, how do you rack, uh, rack up uh, uh, that, that key in terms of winning and losing the series? Well, I think I think special teams obviously is 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 as we've seen in many playoff series turns out to be a key and and you have I I I would have to give the slight edge to Boston because of what you said now as far as the the Lightning's PK they were the worst playoff team in terms of PK in the regular season but they upped their game in the New Jer- in the New Jersey series but again. I would also agree with your point that Boston is a far better um, power play team than New Jersey. I've been impressed looking at the numbers at their second power play unit. Uh, DeBrusque and Krejci, Ziska and McAvoy, that is a a darn good trio running a power play, and they showed it in the Toronto series. But from – from a regular season 78% uh, penalty kill effectiveness, like you said, third worst in the league, the Lightning up their game in, in the first round against New Jersey, and there right now they were killing pe- penalties in that series. They were 16 out of 19. I, I believe that's 84%. So they've raised the standard a little bit. They, in my mind, they have to at very least maintain that, if not improve upon that, if, you know, to, to give themselves a good chance in the series. You know, Dan, uh, uh, watching the, uh, the the series against the Devils, particularly game four, I couldn't believe what I was seeing in terms of the golden opportunities the Devils had. I believe uh, uh, they had four breakaways in that game, uh, and Vlasileski shut the door on all of them, which is kind of, very strange to see in, in a playoff game, to say the least. Uh, but, you know, the Devils are definitely had an excellent year and got the most out of uh, squeezing the orange, if you will. But other than Taylor Hall, they don't have anyone who can really finish on that team, and that was really illustrated in that game, taking nothing away from Vlasilevsky. Uh I, I know this, if those kind of breakdowns happen against the Bruins, I find it hard to believe that, uh, some of those uh, pucks don't wind up back in the back of the net. And I, I wouldn't disagree. You know, from an offensive standpoint, the, the Bruins uh, are, as far as I can tell, look, look, the Lightning offensively were the number one offensive team. Uh, statistically, they were the number one offensive team in the league in the regular season. Boston wasn't too far behind. They, they, both teams go at least three lines deep in terms of effective offensive performance. So it, it's going to be a battle. There's no question about that. Now, was you know, if the question is, what, was Vasilevsky tested much in the New Jersey series? Probably not. I think the scoring chances, uh, the, the good scoring chances were, were relatively down, although Jersey outshot uh, the Lightning 
in three of the five games. So, so it's that that certainly has to to, to raise some concern for from John Cooper. But uh, Vasilevsky, you know, the, the thing about Vasilevsky is this is this is the end. You know, this is the first playoff uh, playoffs that he's the number one goalie. This was the first regular season that he was the number one goalie. He's still only 23, even though we've seen him in the Stanley Cup three years ago, and in the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago. So he's he he may not have the playoff uh, experience that Tuukka Rask has, uh, but I I go for comparing goalies. I'd say that Tuukka Rask has looked far shakier in in the recent what two weeks to four weeks. Than Vasilevsky, and I, I certainly the Bruins are going to test him. I, I happen to think Vasilevsky's going to rise to the challenge. Before I hand you back to Mark, uh, how much of a concern do you see it? Uh, obviously, Tampa uh, finished off the series against the Devils, I believe it was last Saturday, so they've had a week off. Boston's only had a couple of days. How much of a concern uh, do you think it is going into game one with the uh, that bit of a lay. I mean, it's good for the body, and and it's been a long year for everyone, and still a lot long way to go. So, big picture, those kind of days off will help, and especially a guy like Ryan Callahan, um, I'm a big fan of, but always battling injuries. But how does that come into? A, how much does that have you concern for the Tampa Bay perspective going into Game One? Well, it, certainly it has to be a concern because you know it's safe to say the Bruins. Have have their game legs. They 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 just went through a, a seven a grueling seven game series, and a very emotional win in game seven, where they shut the door emphatically. But but uh, you know a case can be made for both things that that those guys are have might have the Boston might have the advantage right now, but uh, you know after an 82 game regular season, any rest that players can get for the aches and pains and the bumps and the bruises, it's welcomed by any team at any time at this time of year. So uh, I think we'll see, we'll know the answer to that uh, by 10 minutes of the first period. Once we'll see how they come out. If, if Tampa's firing on all pistons and they're using their speed, I, I think that'll answer that question. If they're looking, if they're chasing the buck and, and and Boston's take it to to and physically, then then we know it's the rest was probably too long, and they're a little bit out of sync. Well, we're talking with Dan Harrison on the Vegas Hockey Podcast, breaking down the Tampa Bay Lightning and Boston Bruins series. Um, you what you want to see happen is how the layoff affected the Vegas Golden Knights and not how the layoff affected the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> and then you will be able to tell early in the game who has their legs. Um, so great point. Great point. And, and I, you know, I, I, I was listening to the show earlier and, and you were talking about the point differential in the first period of that game. And, and, you know, clearly that was in San Jose's favor, but, but, uh, you know, put up a four spot in the first period on nine shots. That's that. You're right. The answer to that question was was very clear to anybody watching that game. Yeah, bury your chances. <laughs> it's the playoffs. 
Um, you, you the the Sharks had their 17 shots on goal, but uh, you can make the case that the the high quality scoring chances. Um, Vegas actually left one on the board. Uh, there was a, a cross crease pass that came right through to Riley Smith's stick there towards the end of that first period and it hopped over mm-hmm. his stick right at the last minute or he would have finished his open net but you know they had four quality scoring chances and they buried all four of them um san jose probably had about the same maybe a couple more um a lot of them were were slap shots from the point that that vegas kept the net clear and, and flurry saw and if he sees it he's going to stop it um and they weren't able to bury their chances um call it rust call it whatever um but that's that's pretty much ball game right there, game one. So, one thing I wanted to ask you before we have to let you go: um, Were we surprised that Boston did go the distance with Toronto, who, who you know, very game Toronto squad played played the whole series a lot more physical than I thought they would, and leading going into the third period on the road, game seven. And it really took a, a Herculean effort, if you will, from the Boston Bruins scoring four unanswered in that third period there. Mm-hmm. Um, are we surprised that Toronto gave them that much trouble? And what did we learn from Toronto's play that maybe the Lightning can exploit as well? Uh, that's a good question because in, in my mind, reviewing those games, I thought I, I, I think that Toronto is – is built very similarly to the Lightning. They have mm-hmm. their speed, they have their speed, and you don't think of them generally as a physical team. But you know, when push comes to shove, like you like you said earlier, it's the playoffs. And, you know, they they especially in the second half of that series, they seem to hold their own physically against one of the teams. You know, perhaps along with Winnipeg and Nashville that I consider the, the most physical team in the, in the league in Boston. I agree. So I, I, I was surprised it went seven. I thought Boston was going to win that in five or six, but surprised that it was Boston. No, I don't think anybody here in Tampa, I think, uh, I think the lightning as, as a team, I think Tampa, Tampa Bay as a, as a city, well, we're all looking forward to this uh, lightning uh, Boston series. I think it's going to be a start of a, a a good rivalry for the next few years. All right. We'll be looking forward to that. Well, we're a half hour from puck drop, so we're going to let you run, sir. Thank you again for taking the time with us uh, pregame here to, uh, you know, look back and look ahead. And uh, good luck to you guys down there. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Sam. We might call on you again in the next week or in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking, looking forward to it. Thanks, Dan. All right. right, That was Dan Harrigan. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Harrigan for all his his Tampa Bay Lightning content, which is outstanding. Um, Pretty pretty good look at what's going to go down in in South Florida here in in just about a half an hour, 40 minutes now until puck drop, Chris. What's your thoughts on this series? I was about to say, what's your your prediction (laughs) on this series? Uh, Well, I didn't uh, like... I didn't like the way they finished the season. We were talking with Dan last time he was on the show and there was like, you know, we, I, I said two out of three for the division title and Tampa didn't get it done. Um, there was question marks that came up t- for me in that series with, you know, it, and I, and I look back to 
kind of similar to when San Jose came into the T-Mobile arena there uh, with still had an opportunity to, to chase down the, the Knights there in the last couple weeks of the season. And, you know, I, I look a lot at how teams play the big games when, when there's something on the line, it, it, it becomes magnified and San Jose really didn't show up in, in that game. We all know the William Carlson goal um, pretty much iced the game, but you know, for most portions of that game, um, the Knights were just in control. There really wasn't a question of was San Jose going to win that game. And there, you know, during those Tampa Boston games earlier where the division title was on the line, I mentioned that they needed help from Florida to get that, that division title and secure home ice for this playoff round. So they're going to need to up their game from how they finished the regular season. And now maybe Vasilevsky did get some rest there towards the end of the season and in the last week, finishing off the devils early. Um, but, you know, I, I think I have Boston and Pittsburgh in my NHL.com bracket. Um, now, I will say that Tampa played a, a much better series against New Jersey than I thought they would. And I don't think Boston played their best or Toronto just, you know, a very game squad pushed them to the brink there. Um, I think it'll be an interesting series. I think... I think I'll probably be paying more attention to that series rather than, you know, Pittsburgh Capitals part Trey or, or whatever you, you know, we, we've seen that before and, and until something happens that shows me there's going to be a difference. I'll probably be tuning into this series because it is, it is kind of similar to the uh, Knights King series where you, you want, one team is, is more of the speed skill team and one team is more of the physical heavy team. Although both lightning and Boston can kind of play both styles. Um, so it, it's an interesting matchup to me anyway, style wise. So I'll, I'll be looking forward to it. Um, game, game one's queued up on the DVR and I, I got a little errand to run here real quick, but uh, I'll definitely be watching that one today to see where it goes. Yeah. I, I you know, I expect a seven gamer and, I think a big key is that that penalty, the Tampa on the penalty kill and Boston on the power play, how those numbers come out. Um, we, that was the difference in the Columbus and Washington series, for instance. Washington has, you know, one of the top power plays this year. Have so just like the Bruins for the last few years. Columbus is kind of like in the boat of Tampa in terms of near the bottom now. The rest of their teams, there's a lot of differences, but you know, Washington scored eight power play goals in six games. That's why they they won that series, uh, uh, four games to two, in mostly close games. So um, I'm going to go Boston in seven, but uh, I am a you know Tuukka Rask definitely has to pick up his game. And Boston was in really good shape. You know they won those first two games against Toronto pretty handily. And like you said, you know yeah. a lot of times when that happens in game three, the team goes home. And uh, you know they did get game four. Uh, then you felt like they were going to be able to wrap things up, but give Toronto a lot of credit yeah. um, for, for circling the wagons, if you will. But uh, this is really uh, a coin flip series and can go uh, I, either way. Uh, I have to say from a selfish standpoint, uh, my eyes would be glued uh, more so to the pregame show uh, uh, today, tonight before that, uh, before the night's game with the NHL lottery and, 
you know, the Islanders having hopefully two tickets to paradise as Eddie Money uh, once said, who's from Long Island, by the way, throw that in there. And I hope that the suspense <laughs> does not end. And I hope that the suspense does not end puck drops because you know how they're doing it this year. They're just, they're, I think they're revealing picks 15 through 4 uh, between 7.30 and 8 on the pregame show. Uh, and then to see the top three picks is during the second intermission of tonight's hmm. game. So, so you're hoping to I make it to I'm the intermission. <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that one of those two tickets – uh, wouldn't it be? I know this is not going to happen. I mean, this was literally, well, not literally, but it feels like winning the lottery. Could you imagine, like, if if both of their ping pong pools winds up in the top three? How about that? That would be an that would be an NHL first, but uh, yes. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we'll see. You know, this is like for the team for the teams, the fans, the teams that did not. Uh, their teams did not make the playoffs. This is tonight. The lottery is game seven of the Stanley Cup finals for them, except for, uh, I was going to say unfortunately, but I'm going to be a little selfish here, except for the Calgary Flames due to the Travis Havnick trade last June. So uh, everyone else is uh, – and I'll throw in one other tidbit that my friend Alan Zlodzinski told me last night. I forgot about this, so shame on me. The Flyers, remember last June, they uh, they made that trade with Braden uh, Brady Chen Part of that trade was a future first-round pick going from the Blues to the Flyers. It's conditional. Right. So if the if the Blues have a top-ten pick in this year's draft, they keep it. If they don't, Flyers. So I think the Blues wound up around the 14th or 15th ping-pong ball. So, uh, you know, the odds are definitely stacked against them uh, getting into that top three. So they're, you know, we'll know right away, and and if that happens, then that's going to wind up being a Flyers draft pick. Wow, interesting, interesting. Well, we'll, we'll be looking forward to see where all that drops keep, keep tonight. Keep a good thought for us out here, out here in Long Island. Will do, will do, sir. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Vegas Hockey Podcast. We're getting ready to go watch some hockey. Uh, tune in next week, 11 a.m. Pacific Saturday. We'll be looking at the nights. Looking at the playoffs, yeah. talking hockey, just like and always, we'll having a good from, time. Uh, and we'll have a guest from uh, one of the boys from Keeltown, USA, Sharks, Big Sharks podcast. So uh, uh, that'll be know, interesting. We'll that series going on. Yeah. All right. Make sure you look for us on SoundCloud, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Grandstand Sports Net, and Russ Cohen Sportsology page over at SoundCloud, as well as at thehockeywriters.com. Um, anywhere, anywhere you get a podcast, you can find the Vegas Hockey Podcast. Tune in, subscribe, leave a comment. We always appreciate everybody's feedback. For this week, for Chris on Mark, and we're gone. 